We are so thankful for Matthew writing an account of the story of the birth of Jesus and of Dr. Luke writing an account that tells about the coming of Christ. And, of course, Dr. Luke goes back into the, even the uh, beginning of the birth of uh, John the Baptist and how all that came about how miraculous that was. And uh, we, thank, we thank them for uh, taking the care to write those things down for us. Um, we, all, we have other scriptures that support these accounts uh, saying who Jesus is and uh, how he came in humiliation uh, down from heavenly glories to take on the role of being a human being. So once again, we reiterate it was God becoming man. It was not man becoming God because he is who he is and always was as the son of God. And he came voluntarily uh, was not uh, ever any doubt as to who was going to be the one to come. It could not be an angel. Uh, could not could not be, as the song says, uh, we searched through heaven to find the Savior. Uh, they didn't have to make any search like that because it was always known that God the Father planned, uh, the Savior came, suffered and died, the Holy Spirit is the one who administers the presence and power of God. And so uh, we praise God for these accounts. Of course, John the Beloved uh, goes back again to the very beginning, uh, and he calls Jesus the Word, doesn't he? In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Uh, Jehovah's false witnesses don't like that, so they, they wrote their own Bible. And uh, where they wanted to make changes, they did. So if you take the New World Translation, which is not recognized by any, any uh, scholars of, uh, of authority, uh, they, they decided to put the word A in. Uh, the end of the beginning was the word. The word was uh, a God, uh, which does not, does not go along with the rest of Scripture because God said beside me there is no other. I am God alone. Isaiah established that when he was writing in his prophecy in the book of Isaiah. So we're going to look at a couple, well, probably be about four verses uh, not going to read the whole Christmas story to you this morning, but we're going to look at a couple of places uh, in Matthew and in Luke. And uh, we're going to look at Matthew uh, 9 to 11. We're going to look at Luke chapter 2 and verse 20. So if you want to stand with me for the reading of the word, that'd be great. And so we, 
we cut in on the story a bit. Uh, the wise men are on their way. When they had heard the king, they departed. And, uh, and the, the last part of that verse is the one that captured my attention for this morning. Uh, the star they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. <clears throat> when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with, his, with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. So we're stopping our reading there that the great joy that the wise men had when they came and found as it was revealed to them. And then looking over at the book of Luke in chapter 2 and verse 20. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. And the thing that captured my attention for this morning is the fact of the great, the great praise that we see in these scriptures and I'll talk about that after we have prayer. Dear Lord, I come to you this morning. Thank you for the stories that have been recorded for us. Lord, we want to join in with those who experienced this first Christmas when this great miracle took place of God becoming man. And Lord, we want that same joy to ignite in all our lives everything that we ought to be and that God desires for us in this new year. I just pray, dear Lord, you'll help us as we look at this word that our hearts will not be somehow calloused from hearing the story so many times, but Lord, may it be alive to us today and throughout the coming days that we have such a wonderful Savior. And who could have, who could have believed that God would be willing to go to this extent to bring us back to himself and to give us a home in heaven. We praise you for that this morning. We ask these favors in Jesus' precious name and for your continued presence we beg, amen. You may be seated. And so I've read that a lot of, a lot of people want to be God, uh, but only one God wanted to be man. And God had the power to do that. And who would have believed? And I mentioned in the sermon some time ago about the fact of anticipation of who they thought might be capable of being a savior of mankind. We're told that uh, Jewish girls uh, were very uh, 
anxious about who would have that special role to bear the Messiah. Uh, and, and that in itself is, has been a mystery in Jewry uh, to think that the prophecies that are given in the Old Testament seem to talk about two people. They seem to talk about this great king that is coming and uh, this magnificent king who's of the line of David. David, the, the great conqueror, uh, the, the one uh, that God did so many miracles with. Uh, and, then, and then you go to Isaiah 53 and you see a, a suffering servant. And uh, they could not, as they studied, they could not put that together. How do you have a victorious king, uh, a conquering king, and one who uh, inspires the hearts of his followers? And then you have a, a suffering servant, someone that's battered beyond recognition and is abused and uh, becomes a, a scapegoat. Uh, you know, that is a very biblical term, a scapegoat. Uh, have you ever been made a scapegoat? Uh, I have been made a scapegoat in my workplace. Um, I heard a cruel story about uh, somebody that... Uh, you know they had a lot of a lot of uh, of missed opportunities, and management was not happy with some of the things that were done by some of the uh, some of the uh, outcomes, products that were supposed to be whatever, and so forth. And uh, one of the company, one of the employees died, and so the other employees said it was him. <laughs> He's the one that caused all the problem. He was the one that did all the mess up. Uh, kind of hard to discipline someone that's dead, isn't it? <laughs> so he became the scapegoat. Uh, he became the one that they put all the blame on, that he did this or that. And of course, uh, that happens in different ways in different companies. Uh, but Jesus was our scapegoat uh, on him as was done in a ceremony at the temple uh, all the sins were placed on him and so they actually did that with uh, with two goats one that was called the scapegoat and they drove the scapegoat out of the temple area into the wilderness and he was he was never to be seen again he was bearing away the sin and all the transgressions of the people. Well, Jesus was our scapegoat, and he is also our wonderful king. How could this be all incorporated in one person? The, the, those who studied scripture could not understand how that could be, but God knew how it was going to be, that there was going to be his son that would come, and he was acclaimed, wasn't he, as blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Glory in the highest. Hosanna. But then only a short time later, 
It's crucify him. Crucify him. And so he suffered for our transgressions. He suffered for our sins. And so it was on one person that did both. And how could, how could one person uh, die for the sins of not just the nation but the world and still be crowned as king? And we know how that is today as we look back because death could not hold him. And when he died, he broke the very bands of death. And as Samson of old, Samson, the story of Samson in the Old Testament, where they, they bound him and they thought they had him and they were going to take him away, uh, he broke those green ropes as though they were burned in the fire. There was no resistance to them. He broke them asunder. And we have a Savior that broke the bands of death that were a threat to us. And the terrible consequences of sin for the sting of death is sin, isn't it? And it's not just physical death, but it is a spiritual death and separation from the presence of God. But when Jesus broke the power of death, he broke the power of not only physical death, as he said to Mary and Martha, do you believe that I am the resurrection and the life? He taught them that he had the power to bring their brother back to life right then. Yes, Jesus broke the power of physical death, but he also broke the power of spiritual death and separation from God. And so now... When we go down through the valley of the shadow of death, as Christians, we do not have to fear because he's there for us, isn't he? And as has been explained before, it's the valley of the shadow of death because you cannot have a shadow unless you have a light. That's the only way you can have a shadow. And so Jesus is that light, isn't he? That's in that valley of the shadow of death. And when we go down through the valley and we think everything is so dark, there Jesus is. He's that light in the valley for us. He's that one that has already conquered death. And who says, because I live, you shall live also. Praise the Lord for that. It's all incorporated in what he did for us. And so praise, praise is spontaneous. Praise is spontaneous. And 
abounding joy is ongoing. Praise is spontaneous. You see how the angels are praising, the shepherds are praising, the wise men come, they do what some say is, is uh, against what the Bible teaches. They worship Jesus, don't they? Because he is God, so it was not against the scripture. They were worshiping God who is very God. And so they fall down and they worship him. Yes, abounding joy is ongoing. The angels rejoiced and so there was rejoicing at the manger. There was rejoicing in the house. Of course, the manger, when the shepherds came, the house, when the wise men came sometime later. But there is spontaneous joy. Folks, we ought to, we ought to practice that just as a matter of habit that every morning to rejoice in Jesus. He's the one that gives us the hope and the peace and the joy. Uh, the, the joy that uh, makes people wonder if, if there's something wrong with us. Because how can you be happy? How, how can you show joy when what you're going through is so horrific? Maybe, maybe it's a very real heartache from a loss that we've had. Maybe it's, maybe it's pressures that are on us, uh, difficulties. But folks, we ought to always rejoice in the Lord. And that pink candle of joy ought to be a part of our lives every single day that we rejoice in Jesus. Praise his name. And then <clears throat> we ought to we ought to worship him. Worship was automatic. They didn't have to be told. They, when the wise men saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. The Gaither vocal band sings a song about that. Uh, when they saw the star, they rejoiced, they rejoiced. When they saw the star, they rejoiced. And so why did they rejoice? Because they knew they were getting close to the time when they were going to see the king and be able to worship him. Yeah, one of these times, folks, the days of this world are going to come to a close, but we're going to see the king, aren't we? We're going to see the king. And what a rejoicing, what a joy there will be when we see Jesus. And the songwriter said it will be worth it all when we see him. Yes, to know that Jesus did all that for us, that he loved us and gave himself for our salvation, it should make us worship every day. I know, I know many of you are like I am. You, you start your day and, and you begin to look around and you see what the Lord has blessed you with and you say, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I put a thing out on the prayer chain. <clears throat> I had to do it in two prayer chains because I couldn't get in what I wanted to say in one prayer chain. And Janice is counting words and how many they're going to let go through on the prayer chain. So I said, do two of them. 
Oh, that's a good idea, she said. <laughs> we'll do two of them. So you know what I said, to read the scripture. Uh, joy to the world, the Lord has come. And so read the scripture and, and then pray aloud. Pray aloud. I wanted you to do that for your families. They need, they need to see that. They need to hear that. And, and it, takes, it takes a lot of courage to do that. It takes a lot of intestinal fortitude, what we used to call guts, <laughs> intestinal fortitude to do that. Preacher did it. Preacher did it. I didn't have Christmas at my house. Uh, in fact, <laughs> the neighbors came in. They have three, three little ones. Two, one of them was six, so, and, and it's just an infant of about a year and a half. So he was with, uh, she was with mom. Sydney stayed with mom. But uh, with dad came Hannah, the little girl that's in kindergarten, and the little boy that's about four, little, little Ben, he came. They came in my house, and uh, they looked around. What's that thing? Well, uh, yeah, you wouldn't know what that is, Hannah. That's a telephone. That's <laughs> up to a line. <laughs> she didn't have any idea what that was. And, and they, had to, they had to go in my house and look in, the, in different rooms in my house to see what was there. And, and they were shocked because there wasn't a Christmas tree. <laughs> Where's your Christmas tree? Well, <coughs> it's upstairs, and it's always up. <laughs> I just didn't feel like bringing it down because I wasn't going to have anybody at the house. And so I just left it upstairs in the closet with the covering over it. Not, not very festive, I know, but I wasn't going to be there, and nobody was coming in, so I spared myself and went to my son's, and you know, sometimes kids are not real uh, careful to observe the birth of the Lord, so I said, before people got there, I said to my son, I would like to read scripture. I'd like, like to read the Christmas story, uh, and I'd like to have a Christmas prayer. Yeah, that was okay, I could do that. Well. You know, some of the relatives that come in are unbelieving. Some of them that were anticipated are actually pagan. I still want to do it. <laughs> and, and then I, I went from there over to my daughter's house, and we did the same thing there in a little different order. We had, we had prayer over the food, but we also did nativity. And that turned into a a whole account of Jesus is not still a little baby. Jesus grew up, and Jesus preached, and Jesus was crucified, and Jesus conquered death, and Jesus showed himself alive, and, and Jesus went back to heaven, and Jesus is there for us today. Of course, it was all shown with the characters of nativity. So we just need to keep the story going, folks. We just need to keep the story going, and we need to keep the story alive in our lives that we serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living, 
whatever men may say. We need to show our faith in Jesus Christ. He is the Lord of our lives. Well, so there you got it. Praise is spontaneous. Abounding joy is ongoing. And worship is automatic. Worship is automatic. And God help us that we can be good communicators of what Jesus has done for us.